There are no one-armed men in sight, but plenty of fugitives on this week's Have You Seen? Hello and welcome to another episode of Have You Seen? Uh, as you can see, I'm doing the intros this week uh, for very good reason, which we'll find out in a minute. Um, but we are talking about First Blood and On The Run. So we've got some Sylvester Stallone and some Yun Biao to discuss. Uh, I'm Tom Webb and uh, on the other side of this internet connection is Kieran Lafour. Um, in, in a somewhat uh, different state to how we're used to seeing him. So I'm going to throw you over to him and you, he can explain what's going on. Um, yeah, uh, it's been a hell of a week. Uh, mm. Anybody watching the video version right now will be able to see that my face isn't as it would normally be. That is because approximately one week ago, I suffered a bout of what's called Bell's palsy, which is very hard to say when you have it. Um, basically, it's a um, uh, uh, it's caused by uh, a viral infection, and it's a partial paralysis, temporary paralysis of one side of the face. Um, it makes it very hard to speak. So I'm really glad I'm signed up to do a 45 minute podcast tonight. Um, uh, and there's seemingly no, there's no reason anybody should get it. It's, uh, it's, I was reading the Wikipedia page and basically it's a diagnosis of elimination. The doctor goes through all the things that can cause this kind of paralysis, um, like a stroke or that kind of thing and just rules them out until they go, no, you've got Bell's palsy. Um, I knew what it was because, uh, as has been discussed several times on this show, I'm a wrestling fan and the most famous wrestling commentator in the world, Jim Ross, who is the by God almighty famously spoofed um, commentator, got it in 1994 and has it permanently because it wasn't treated quickly enough. Um, so that was my worst case scenario. Um why do you be a like wrestling go, commentator? Yeah. I never tried commentary. I did lots of other things within wrestling. I never did commentary. I always no. wanted to give it a go. Um, but it meant I could walk into the doctor and tell her what I had. Uh, no, like She was amazed I even knew the phrase. Um, but it also turned out I knew somebody uh, who had had it as a kid and recovered in three weeks. Um, so basically, half of my face is frozen Um it will, it, unless it's one of the 5% of cases, uh, 5 to 10% of cases that are permanent, um, it should start recovering properly within three weeks and be back to normal within six to nine months, which is a long time still to have half mm. a face. Um, oh, God. I mean, I've talked about this so much recently. Like Everybody's got questions about it. I've had to explain it to my boss. I've had to explain it to a lot of people. I've actually started, and I'm going to cheekily plug um, I'm doing video diaries about it. I'm essentially vlogging about this. Um, uh, so if you want to learn more and kind of like follow it along as I figure it out and, and track my progression, um, if you go to bit.ly slash Kieran Bells, yes, that was the only uh, vanity URL that wasn't taken that I could get. Uh, bit.ly slash Kieran Bells. I'll put that on the screen and in the description. Uh, and you can see... Um, you can see basically me uh, every day or so as I uh, uh, do a series of facial exercises into the camera to try and track track progression. And there has been progression already, even just inside a week or so. So um, what tends to happen is each night I will feel electrical impulses around my eye and the corner of my mouth, which are the worst affected areas. And then the next day or shortly after that, I will have increased range of movement in those areas. Um, for anybody just listening to the audio and not able to half lip read me, uh, I really hope I can be understood well enough to get through these films today. You're um, doing pretty well for now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. Have you got any questions? Is there anything you think I should cover for people? I mean, no, I've always mean, been it's... up front with everybody. I did. I felt yeah, yeah. I wanted to try and do the show. Um, yeah. Well, and we'll I wanted see how to explain it goes. exactly why I sound weird at the moment. Yeah. Part of the problem yeah. is I can't apply tension to the right side of my mouth. So um, uh, sounds and air just escapes from that side. We might have to take little breaks throughout and Tom might do a bit more talking than normal. Um, Lucky mumbling, listeners. Mumbling than normal. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll see how we go. I want to get through it. I want to do it. 
I mean, I, I need to have a bit of fun in my life this week. So yeah. I had a COVID uh, test today as well. Woohoo! Oh, nice. Yeah, I've I got think a the thing up my nose. I think the uh, like when we when you first told me you you got it and you sent me a little video clip, it was just like it was. It, I mean, it was amazing and lucky that you knew what it was mm. straight away because that must like if you had no concept of this. That must be terrifying. If that, like, particularly in a situation you're in, when you're sort of in lockdown by yourself, and it's yeah. just like, if that just happens, that I mean, I, I probably would have absolutely freaked out. It kind of came on. You know. It kind of came on slowly. I explained in one of my videos that on the Friday night, I treated a mouth ulcer with like the Vongella gel, which kind of numbs your mouth a little bit. Yeah. Um, and if you use too much of that, you end up with a bit of a numb lip overnight, and it's not a big deal. You're fine in the morning. But the next morning, the, the ulcer had gone and my lip wasn't fine. Um, That's weird. Yeah. So I, um, uh, and then I noticed that uh, something was up with my eye as well. Mm. Like uh, uh, my eye would be watering and it would get dry. Um, if you can hear crackling sounds, that's because I currently have to drink out of a bottle with a hamster top on it. <laughs> um, and I have to squeeze it to get the liquid into my mouth. I cannot drink out of a glass at the moment. A can of Diet Coke early was a right mess. <laughs> um, so I've had to pour my, I've poured my Coke into this bottle to squeeze into my mouth. So apologies for bottle noises. Um, yeah, and then Sunday... Um, it was full on, like I couldn't move one half of my face. It was like looking at two different versions of me in the mirror at the same time. I mean, it's, it is pretty like a weird thing to say, like, cause obviously I know yeah, your you're face sitting here watching exceptionally you well. live, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've seen, obviously watched the videos that you've put out and you sent me a couple of clips anyway. And we've but, known each other like 22 years. So you know exactly. what my face looks like. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is really I mean, it's disconcerting for me seeing you like this. So, I yeah. can, like I said, it must have been so weird. I want to like say thank a... you to the uh, the lady who saw one of my videos on YouTube and said, you're still very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to look a bit twisted on video. Uh, yeah. There might be, uh, my vanity will decide whether this actually goes out of the video or not. Um, yeah. And uh, how much you cut back to me at any point, I guess. There may be points where you see me holding the side of my face to apply tension to my lips if I'm having trouble getting sounds out and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that nonsense. Should we talk about some films? Yeah, absolutely. It's just another thing on the list of 2020 shite. Oh, God. We have to I go mean, through it, isn't it? I'm hoping. I just bought a lottery ticket for <laughs> tomorrow night, which if it comes in is 27 million quid. Yeah, I'll put up with this if I get 27 million quid out of it. But yeah, <laughs> okay. 2020 just, it's the year that just won't <sighs> quit. And we're only it's halfway awful. through. I know. There's a bloody American election to come yet. Like, you, you keep thinking it can't get any worse. But I no, dread no, no. to think. No, no, no. Here is I've Amazon stopped. with another package of shit. Hmm. Right. I think uh, let's start with On the Run. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can get through the synopsis quickly. Yeah. If you want to do just, uh, you can do a brief synopsis and then we'll, we'll kind of crack on with what I thought about it. And Okay. So On the Run stars Yun Biao as Hyung Ming uh, and his wife. It doesn't star his wife. It stars a woman who plays his wife. <laughs> and Ming and his wife are both cops who are getting divorced. Uh, he is CID and she is anti-narcotics. Um, he's lost her to another cop, Lou, played by Charlie Chin, who is the head of Homicide. And she finds out Lou has been selling drugs on the side uh, with his band of corrupt officers. So he has her killed by a female assassin and investigates the murder himself. As the gang starts to cover their tracks by killing the assassin's uncle slash handler, uh, Ming locates the woman who pulled the trigger and they realise they are each, each other's only chance of survival, forcing them to go, bomb, 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 on the run. Um, I pitched this to Tom because we are both big fans of the, the three dragons, the three musketeers, as they got called in the 80s and 90s, who are uh, Jackie Chan, Summer Hung and uh, Yun Biao. Uh, and of those three, Yun Biao was always Tom's favourite. Uh, so movies like Knockabout and Wheels on Meals and... Uh, prodigal son those are the kind of um that you gravitate towards those kind of things where where yearn has a big leading role um because he's a little flippy dude i guess um mm. and this is essentially as i put it last week uh, an attempt to turn yearn biao into dirty harry all five foot four of him um there is no martial arts action in this movie there is fighting 
There's, uh, but it's 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 guns and brawling, um, and it's. I think it's a good film, no matter who's in the lead. But it's particularly odd seeing a man you know as being a small acrobat being cast as a hard-boiled cop. Um, so I'm going to throw over to Tom, and he can give me a little uh, pricey of how he feels about it. Yeah, sure. So I. Uh, I... <sighs> I was looking forward to this because I, I am a big fan of Yoon Biao. I do like his stuff. I love like Prodigal Son and Knockabout particularly and uh, all the all the ones he did with Jackie Chan and uh, Sammo Hung. So I was looking forward to this. I think overall I was kind of disappointed by it. Um, mostly I think... And I think the thing that for me that let it down was the di- was the direction yeah, it's directed by a guy who made his name directing comedies. This was his first mm. kind of like action thriller movie. It it felt to me like because it's incredibly violent. Mm. It's incredible. Like it's it's there's lots of plot detail. It felt like it should have been a John Woo movie, but it didn't have the panache that John Woo has. Like he didn't have the style and the the. Yeah. the it didn't have the kind of. I don't know. It just didn't. I, I felt like it that because I thought that I thought Yun Biao's performance was actually really good. I, mm. I liked him. I thought he was believable. I think he's he was a good actor. And mm. uh, again, Charlie Chin the same, um, and both the 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 lady assassin and the little girl and like all the performances were good. But it was like just the the way the style of it. It felt a bit. I don't know. Well, it this just didn't had quite maybe- gel. This movie had like a fifth of the budget of a John Woo film, and this would have yeah. come out um, at the, I mean, not the height, but like getting towards the peak of Woo mania in Hong Kong. Mm. So Better Tomorrow 1 and 2 were already out, and The Killer would be the year after this. And then yeah. Hard Boiled followed three years after that. Yeah. Um, so like the uh, the Hong Kong movie market was turning towards the heroic bloodshed genre mm. uh, at the time. Yeah, I just kind of, it was, uh, it was, it's weird. I kind of like, again, I thought good story, like mm. it was a good story, but, uh, and it was a very intricate plot, but I don't think it was necessarily told in the most effective way. There were bits that I felt, oh, am I missing something here or mm. I might not? And, and, you know, you piece some bits together here and there. Um, so yeah, it was really, str- it's, it's really difficult. I didn't think the action was very good. There's a couple of good stunts, like single stunts, there, but the action yeah, so is shot bit, really badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a particular bit I'm thinking of where um, Jörn gets run over by a guy on a scooter. Oh I yeah, think. yeah. And it's like, they, it takes eight cuts for them to knock him over. Whereas yeah. in any other movie, it would just be bam and down at the time. And that, that for Jörn Pierre, that's a one shot. Like, yeah. Like he can do that stunt yeah. in, in a and single shot And I don't think he did it himself. I think it's a stunt guy doing it as well. Oh really? I thought he did the initial bump, but maybe not. Maybe like the other remember. seven takes, they got another guy in. Yeah, I mean, I as we discussed, of... as we discussed um, last week, like um, in terms of Yun Biao's career, he was doing around this time. He was also doing Dragons Forever um, and uh, Eastern Condors, mm. which are both. I think they both came out this year, and they are very, very physical roles. Mm. So maybe yeah. like. Maybe you wanted a break. Basically, just acting might have been what yeah. he needed at See, this point. I, I think I would have preferred if they had no action. Okay. Like, because uh, like, I just felt it didn't... Like, the, 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 the best part of it is the stunt where he does where he jumps from the building onto the lamppost or pole vaults onto the lamppost yes. and then down yeah, onto, that the, is onto really the van. Impressive. And that's really cool. I think and they that's... do that in a single shot, don't they? Uh, or, or at least a take from behind and a take from in front. Yeah, they do. I think the the pole to lamppost and down is two shots yeah that they cut between yeah. and then they then there's the hit on the van is done in two as well oh, i yeah. think which is mm. pretty it's a hard hit as well mm. um so like i thought i thought that was that was pretty good but it um yeah it just didn't quite it i don't know it's one of those movies you watch it and you think ah oh, that felt really cheap and it could have been so good. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, we've got a really, oh, look, John Woo's really popular. Let's copy his style with a movie. Mm. Oh, we can get, and get, we can get, we can get a big star, get, oh, but we no can other get a budget. bankable star, yeah. and then that's it, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah it would have been better a with a shame. different actor and a, and, a, and a bit more budget. Maybe. I mean, I thought Yun did a, did a pretty decent mm. job. I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't think it, it was him that was at fault. I think it was just the, 
the lack of style. I th- okay. And I think that's what it is. Like it's the, it's, I don't know, John Woo has got like. Yeah. I mean, Hong Kong directors in general in the 80s were known yeah. for like particular, pretty much all of them had a bravura style of some mm. kind or other. Like you could tell a yeah. Simon Hung movie, you could tell a Jackie Chan movie, you could tell a yeah. Choi Hock movie, you could tell yeah. a John Woo, a Ringo Lam film. Like mm. they all had distinctive styles. And uh, yeah, Alfred Chung was a guy, as I said, who made his name just making daft comedies throughout the early yeah. 80s. Yeah, it does seem like a bit of a weird, a weird mismatch. Made, um, Did he make oh, any of the Lucky Stars or anything like that? Was he involved? No, in I, uh, I thought I had in my. I can't be bothered going through IMDb. I, I had him. I thought I had in my notes a load of stuff he had made, but it's mm. all kind of like, like knockabout, gentle, gentle sex comedy stuff that yeah. th- there was the likes of the Lucky Stars and the Aces Go Places stuff. Mm. Because early eighties in the early eighties in Hong Kong, comedy was the big genre. Mm. Like martial arts faded out at the end of the seventies, like really before like the resurgence of Jackie Chan with um or the appearance of Jackie Chan with Snake in the Eagle's Shadow and that kind of thing. Um but it was all um God, I can't remember their names. The Hoy Brothers, I think they yeah. were called, Sam and Michael mm. Hoy, who were the Aces Go Places, and then oh. came Lucky Stars, and yeah. then they combined them and did Lucky Stars Go Places. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, and it was all it was all slapstick daft comedy. Yeah. Was what was pulling them in at the box office. So even John yeah. Woo did like those kind of comedies at the beginning of the eighties. Yeah. It's 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 crazy watching the evolution of, of Yeah, crazy watching the evolution of that sort of Hong Kong cinema at that time. Yeah. But yeah. So I mean there was stuff that I, I kinda liked about it and there was other mm. stuff that I just thought, wow, this is a bit it's it's very bleak. A lot of yeah. it's quite bleak. Yeah. Like, I mean, so something Yao loses everything in this movie. He loses yeah. his wife, his mum, his kid. Like, just that. <laughs> so there's, decimated. There's a scene where they go to grandma's flat. So mm. uh, uh, Ming and the assassin have got together. Uh, not got together, but like they've teamed up. There's a weird scene where she's wearing a dress for some reason in a field. Oh, uh, that yeah. That doesn't relate yeah. to anything else in the story. Um, and uh, they go to his mum or his wife's mum's flat i don't know who it's grandma's flat in that flat two different people get shot through the eye (laughs) um uh, ming gets shot twice in the same shoulder in two days Mm -hmm. and then his like two-year-old daughter gets killed (laughs) yeah like he's holding her like there's a gunfight while he's holding her um and uh like the assassin uh, he asks, like he can't see her face, and he asks the assassin woman, "How's Lynn?" Which is the daughter's name, and she says she's asleep. And then it cuts to blood running down the child's hand. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, yeah, it's like it's like Jesus Christ. And then they just leave her in a wheelbarrow, yeah, and, and that's it. And then you're like, what? It, yeah. It's just it, there's just such some weird stuff that goes on in this. There film. is, but oddly, I still really like it. Yeah, I don't I think, think I liked it second time as much as I liked it the first time, but I still like it. I still think it's like. I still think it's a good film. Yeah, I, 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 I think there are bits of it that are good. I, I, again, I just I think it all comes down to the, the it doesn't quite hold together as a whole package. Like I think, do you know what I think it would be good as now? A three part Netflix standalone drama. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. because they cram so much into like eighty five mm. minutes. Like, like I said, yeah. it never stops. No, it's, it's you're right. Really I mean, he uh, Yun Biao in the first twenty minutes alone has his wife killed finds her killer and suspects that someone might be corrupt. And that happens literally in the first 20 minutes of the film. See, oh, I told you that when I gave you the plot last yeah. week, didn't I? <laughs> that yeah. I was just giving you the beginning. Yeah, um, so... There's yeah, a great... Think... There's there's a, there's a couple of great lines that I really liked, um, which is like, uh, the assassin, she's asked why she does it, and she's like, life's cheap and earrings are expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's some... Uh, and yeah, then towards some... the end, like where they decide they're going to team up and they're going to go after the gang of corrupt cops who incidentally, you know, are corrupt from the get-go because they're all played by villains from like Hong Kong movies. So uh, yeah. Yuen Hua was the one that gives it away, who's the yeah. bad guy in fucking everything. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, she says to Yuen, have you got any money? And he says, not much, and gives her like a fiver. And she says, give it to me. I only kill for money. With this, I'll kill for you. And I'm yeah. like, that's cool. Yeah, That's cool. I really wish that's, I could say I, it. I did, I did wonder whether... Um, whether Tarantino had seen this and used some of it as inspiration for elements of Kill Bill. 
Um, Maybe. Because there are, there are bits and there are scenes in this where I was just like, oh, okay, that's mm. interesting. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, th- there's like the little mini pretend showdown between the literally like the two-year-old and the, the assassin. And mm. like that gets, that's kind of gets mirrored in Kill Bill as well. So I did. Oh yeah. Kinda... Yeah. The, like the, the kid has a toy gun, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it's, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff in this. You're like, Oh, that's, but whereas with Kill Bill, because of Tarantino's style, yeah, it's so heightened. You get it kind of, it kind of works. Whereas with this, it's so gritty and mm. bleak that it actually feels really like, Oh, that's a bit off. Do you think um, maybe it's a, it's a good film that could have benefited from a bit more style and perhaps a, yeah. a lighter touch if you like yeah i think i think it needed it either needed more better action mm-hmm. and more visual style mm. and it either needed to be heightened or it needed to be reined in it's like it's sitting in this it's weird on no a weird man's fence. land yeah i get that um i but think it does also contain the line quiet or i'll blow your throat up so <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah um yeah so i think I was just thinking what else I was going to say about it. So there were two, there's, I, I'd, um, I mean, is there anything you want to cover in the middle? Because most of my notes are towards the end, to be honest. I like, I ended up with a whole load of, um, a whole bunch of quotes. And then just uh, towards the end, like, so the final fight is brutal. Yes. Between Yeon Biao and Charlie Chin. Yeah. Um, Chin trying to pull a machete out of his own thigh is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a bit, and like I said, that fight is nothing like you expect from 1988 Yeon Biao. No. They hammer each other. And yeah. there is a part where Chin very obviously has Yeon Biao's head down on a desk and his forearm, I can't, right, this is going to be difficult, forearming and hammer fisting him legitimately right in the side of the head. He might have a pad on his arm, but he's fucking wailing on him. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. It's yeah. really full on. And, it, you know, yeah, I th- it, it's it, it's weird. It's weird when it goes big, it goes big. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. And it just doesn't yeah. quite have that that gel that kind of just makes mm. it all work for me. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, the other thing I was going to ask is at the very end, there's a title card. Oh, yeah, it comes up so quickly and very, very uh, faintly in English, doesn't it? Yeah, so I managed okay. to read it. Yeah, I paused it and I wrote it out in case uh, in case okay. like, you couldn't the, read it. You don't need to um, read it out. I'll praise okay. it because you don't need to make you read it out. Uh, but essentially, uh, at the end of the movie, Yun Biao has lost everybody. So the assassin says, come to me, come with me to the Golden Triangle in Thailand and we'll, yes. we'll disappear into I think she's supposed to be Thai, even though she's played by a Chinese woman. Right, okay. I think. Yeah, she certainly has links to Thailand because that's yes. where the drugs are coming from and stuff. So, um, and basically, at this point, he's got nothing else left. He's still wanted by the police because they think he he committed murders, which I guess he has done in hindsight. Well, he has, yeah. Um, but so he's, he's it, murdered the murderers. Yes. No, so, he's murdered the people who hired the murderers. Yeah. So, although his murders may be justified, I guess they're not really. But who knows? It, see, this is the grey area where it doesn't quite kind yes. of work. Um, and it says. Oh, they got on a boat and got stopped in the harbour and were arrested and are now having long prison sentences. And I was just like, is that there because they had to have their comeuppance? Yes. Right, Absolutely. okay. So there are some Asian territories. Sure it, I wasn't sure if it was that or whether it was uh, based on a true story. No, no. So what happened is um, basically it has that very annoying Hong Kong movie conceit of just ending immediately after the climax, which yeah. happened like from the 70s through to the 90s. Mm. It would be the final kick and then the end and cut to black because they'd yeah. done all the credits at the beginning. Um, and it's to keep it short so you can get the next showing in. Mm. Um, but... Um, they have they put the title card up because there are some Asian territories such as Taiwan where anybody who is shown to commit a crime on screen has to either die or have their comeuppance by the end of the film. They have to die right. or be arrested or like, bit like give, the Hayes shown Code. justice. Sorry. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, I think we've discussed this before when we done yeah, um, yeah. when we done Asian movies. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, so that was a bit like, oh okay. Bit bit weird. Um yeah, I don't really know if I have much else to say on it, really. No, me neither. Me neither. I mean, I don't know if I'll watch it very often. I found... Hold on. I found I have my VHS copy, which nice. is the only way this ever got released in the UK. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, I, 
I, I think you know it could be a good remake. It could be it's, it's one of those yeah. movies that you're just like actually this you know whether it's yeah. a, you know a US remake or a British I remake. Was th- or I a- was thinking I was thinking that actually like I would kind of quite like to like the the main plot. Is mm. is really like I mean the plot of the head of homicide killing somebody and investigating the murder himself to mm. try and cover it is a good device. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think it. I think it's it's the it's a prototype of a good movie. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. The next. Yeah. It's a. It's a really good first draft. The second yeah. draft would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. I completely. Agree but with they that. don't do second drafts in Hong Kong in 1988. No. 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 It just. You know. It, it definitely feels. It feels like it's the stepping stone to the gigantic John Woo movies. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it feels like it's a. Pro, uh, yeah. It was probably just a cash in to try and get that audience yeah. into a Yuen Biao film. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and why not try? You know. The only. The only little light note I have is uh, it had an alternative title. Which is the literal English translation, which is just fleeing couple. <laughs> nice. It's descriptive, at least. Well, yeah, exactly. Not even really. But yeah, yeah. Again. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Alrighty. Shall we move on to First Blood? I am not at any yeah. point going to try and pronounce the name of the star of First Blood because we'll be here all night. <laughs> so he'll be called Rambo. <laughs> okay, fine. All right. Um, do you want to take a break before we crack on with first plug uh, i'm all right i think i can uh i i can just sip some uh coke out of the hamster bottle while you do the uh while sure. you do the okay all right thing yeah so um first blood the first in the series of the rambo movies which is now up to five or six i think uh, i've only seen possibly the first seven three is uh, i noticed i noticed yesterday uh i'm interrupting already Yep. Um, Last Blood has appeared on Amazon Prime, so oh, I'm okay. tempted to just watch the first one, the last one, and not bother with any of the ones <laughs> in the middle. Okay, that may or may not work. Um, and I, so I think I've only seen this movie maybe twice, but it's it's one of those films that uh, I had very preconceived notions of what it was. I think most of my information about any Rambo movie was based on. Uh, images from the second and the third one particularly growing up as a kid so i had a very specific idea of what it was when i watched this movie it was so not what i was expecting um that it kind of took me by surprise and i was quite impressed by it and quite engaged by it and i thought it was actually a very different kind of movie to what i was expecting um I can't remember the last time I watched it, probably over 10 years ago. So even coming back to it now, I was just like, have I misremembered it? Do I remember it being like that? And actually I was going to say, I hope you've watched it again in the past I week. That would be really helpful. Yeah. And, and I, I've watched it again and, and I kind of thought, okay, well, yeah, there is there is kind of more action that I was than I remembered. Um, but there were some elements of it that I uh, I was like, okay, it was that about it that surprised me. Mm. Um, it's So what I found out, interestingly, is that... The first cut of the film was three to three and a half hours long. They well, first cuts of movies tend to be like this. All they, this do, they do. Kind of popped up on the internet recently as people are discovering that mm. for a first cut, you throw everything in. Yeah. And at the end of the first cut, I mean, you went through this yourself with Absolutely, the easy. Yeah. Bit. You yeah, throw yeah. everything in, and then you cut out what doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The first cut of the easy bit was six hours, I think. Exactly. And what is it now? Like 95 minutes? Yeah, 95 minutes. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I mean, you always knew it would be. But so I think that after seeing that three hour cut, but the thing is, you've got to remember is action movies from the 70s were two hours, two hours plus. And slower paced. And slower than, paced. Than action movies now. And also. Although Face Off is two and a half hours and yeah. that's not slow oh, paced. Oh, yeah. At I mean, all. I, I know there's, there's, there are exceptions post this, but um, it, that was kind of the norm. And also. Yeah. Uh, Stallone was coming from a, he was, he was a Pacino De Niro yes. actor, mm. like, uh, 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 you know, and it, what, he wasn't an action movie star. So it was a very different feel. And it was Stallone who saw it, decided he hated it, wanted to buy it so that he could destroy it because he didn't want it released. Couldn't do that. So he oversaw the edit and made them cut it down to 90 minutes or mm-hmm. sub 90 minutes and it was that and he basically cut pretty much him out of like he cut mostly him out of the movie his, his response to it was basically you need all the other characters to tell rambo's story but then he's just this entity that they're facing mm. so it was him that sort of drove that and essentially created what would become the 90 minute 80s action movie mm. 
and and set the I don't want to say benchmark, but the template certainly to, to what came after it. Well, yeah, much like on the run, it's 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 a prototype, it's a template, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it does things, it does some things very differently to to what I would have expected from an eighties action movie. Um, but anyway, what did you think of it? What was your reaction to it? Do you know? <laughs> so uh, I got maybe half a dozen notes in, and I wrote two words: reverse predator. Yes, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's predator, but you're on the predator's you, side. You are siding with the predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think overall it's a good film. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would actually. Yeah, I, I kind of even you knowing might... that it wasn't going to be like the the machine guns and muscles Rambo. Yeah. Um, uh, hang on, let me see if I can refine the bit where I wrote what I think about it rather than just all the stupid uh, notes. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, this is irony. I wrote, it's a real shame Stallone's speech impediment made him a bit of a joke because he's working his ass off here and now look at me. Um, <laughs> it's funny that this came on the day I watched First Blood. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I'll yell Adrian in a minute. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Sorry, hang on. It's all right. I mean, I'm saying hang on, but like, I never at any point wrote what I thought of it. Which is really interesting. Yeah. I just wrote a series of moments. And I did enjoy I enjoyed it up to a point, and then it lost me, and then it got me back again. Okay. Yeah, so I can see that. I can see why that might happen. Um, They're out, the, the cops are out hunting Rambo in the forest and up the hill, all the rest mm -hmm. of it. He's getting the best of them, the whole kind of thing. There's a great line near the beginning where this cop, they arrest it. So, okay. The sheriff, Brian Dennehy, wants yeah. Rambo out of town immediately. Yeah. Like, sees him and immediately goes after him, gets him in the car, escorts him to the city limits, and then Rambo turns around and comes back into town, and the sheriff goes after him again. Uh, arrests him for resisting arrest, I think, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, and then they're going to lock him up, and they find his his, his knife, his special, knife designed specially for the movie, mm. which then inspired other military knives, apparently. Yeah. Um, and this cop goes... What do you hunt with a knife? And I'm like, there speaks a man in a small mountain town who has never seen a hunting knife. Yeah. Um, there is a cop so ginger he could be in about time. <laughs> and it turns out it's David Caruso, yeah. which I wasn't expecting. Right. There's a few um, little little kind of like people in the background. You're like, oh, that's so-and-so. Yeah, they're all those kind of like grizzled cop faces mm, who show yeah. up in other 80s movies. Yeah. Um, Something I did find that's interesting, the scene where he's being uh, processed in the jail. Mm. If you think how big Stallone is made to look in future action movies, he's the shortest of four men on the screen in that yeah. scene. Mm. Like, yeah, well, he's just I mean, a normal guy. He is. I mean, he, he was a normal guy at that point. I mean, obviously, he, I think this came out the same year as Rocky Three, Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess it did. So, you know... Oh, so he's obviously... already got two massive hits under his belt. Exactly. And two Oscar nominations. Oh, yeah. What was the... Um... So he got one for Rocky... Did he get one the... for Fist? No, he got one for the uh, for the performance in Rocky and the screenplay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, so he's, like, you know, he's he's kind of like, he's definitely... He, he's been on the rise, but then he'd had a couple of... Uh, pretty much every movie he did that wasn't a Rocky was a flop. Right. So this was kind of like a bit of a litmus test hmm. to see whether it was just the Rocky franchise that was huge or whether Stallone was a valid hmm. superstar. And it actually, I feel like this this is what made him the action star as opposed to the Pacino De Niro kind of actor. You know I love my box office stats. Yeah. This was made for $17 million. Mm -hmm. like it was supposed to be 10 and it went over and ended yeah. up being about 17. It took 125. That's crazy. In 1982. 1982. Yeah. So that is a yeah. lot of money. And yeah. I think that's just US. Yeah. Mm. Um, I did think it's funny that the cops wanted to shave his two day stubble. <laughs> well, they just wanted to intimidate him. Like, it's it's it, I found out it's a holdover from the book where he has. Mm. A, it, so it says it's based on a novel by so and so, not the novel by so and so, yeah. which is interesting. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, in the book, he has longer hair and more beard. Yeah. Um, and I think they probably 
because it's the early 80s they wanted to keep the star recognizable yeah yeah exactly and you know there's a lot of um there's a lot of stuff that happens in the book apparently that doesn't translate into the film yeah. as much um, it was probably in that three-hour cut yeah exactly so one of the main things is that uh brian dennehy's character uh teasel is a veteran of the korean mm. war so that doesn't you see some medals and stuff in his thing but yeah that doesn't really come across and there's a bit of a it's a tension between a Korean vet and a Vietnam vet, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yes, it, it, absolutely. And and also it, the the way they go about things is supposed to reflect the wars that they were a part of. So Teasel's yes. is a bit more what you would think of as Second World War military style of procedure and kind of like, mm. you know, going in with force and that kind of stuff. Whereas obviously with Vietnam, he's used to the guerrilla warfare, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, it's one, I think what, if you look at, say, like Arnie's movies... The closest comparison in terms of character that you could probably find is maybe Commando. Yes, I guess. But my point being that Commando... John Matrix minus steroids. Yeah, but but you kind of think like, you know, he's... That's kind of over-the-top, silly. That's a proper, like, 80s action Yeah, movie, but in, right? he, is the, he is just a war vet who lives in a cabin with his daughter, isn't he? It, exactly, yeah. At the beginning, before yeah. he's forced into action. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and with this, I think what they... What I think the three-hour cut thing, I think what it was supposed to be was a real commentary on like yeah. PTSD and vets and 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 all of that. Oh yeah, and, and rehabilitation. I mean, the PTSD society. part still comes across, even oh, if it yeah, wasn't called it that in 1982. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's what kind of made was what I found shocking about it was the fact it was actually addressing an issue and doing it pretty well. Mm. I mean, some of the some of the flashback, uh, like the stylistic editing might look a bit cheesy now but the kind of the concept yeah of the, it, the the one in the uh, the one in the in prison the cell got me where it just like it's rapid zooms mm. into the yeah yeah it's a bit kind of mm, cheesy mm. but you know it's i think it it does its job because it kind of it, it gives rambo this kind of like oh he's he's tortured and he's like he's more he's not just this you know he he, he he's just reacting to his environment in a way yeah yeah and so um i thought i said it lost me and got me back mm. and um i uh it's about an hour or so in yeah um or maybe a bit more than that actually um so he does there's all the stuff we'll probably go back to it he does all the stuff in the forest fighting the cops yeah and then he goes back into town and starts blowing shit up mm. And that was where it lost me. I'm like, now he's just an asshole destroying a town. He's not a wronged man I feel sympathy for anymore. Yeah. But then there's the scene after that with uh, Troutman, who is his commander, mm. who gets called in to try and calm him down over the radio, yeah. if you like, basically. Yeah. And there's a scene with Troutman in uh, in the police station. And it's yeah. it's like, it's almost becoming a siege. Yeah. Where he's trapped. Um, and they managed to flip it back again. Because mm. uh, Rambo does a speech that I can't remember that basically explains it all and like in, in the, the clunky 80s way explains his PTSD mm. and I'm like and that made me realise that he was just he was a progr a programmed machine reacting to his programming exactly yeah yeah and I think that's what I think it was and like that he, made the silly bit make sense to me again like, yeah yeah so you're right he just goes on this like destruction spree I don't think he actually kills anyone during that like certainly not civilians or anything the only, I think Maybe the only person who actually gets killed is the dickhead cop who gets who falls yeah, out the and, helicopter and, and, and he that's does the only a, person that, that John Rambo kills anyway I think yeah but even then does he, does he directly cause his death Oh, I don't think he directly I kills him. I watched this a him, week ago, he? and it's been yeah. a hell of a week, so I can't remember. You know, so but uh, I think it's a body count of one in this in this whole movie. Yeah. So that last fight, because this is the thing, like you have all of this explosion and stuff like that, and you think this is the climax to the movie, and you're expecting the hero to walk away triumphant, and he yeah. doesn't. He ends up hunched over, crying yeah. against a filing cabinet, talking yeah. about all of his mates that are dead, and it's just like it's quite a powerful sucker punch and he's, at the yeah, end this isn't is where it? i wrote the bit about him working his ass off because yeah. like his that speech he's really good in that yeah, speech he's really good and it, you know it's it, you, you're watching it and it's totally believable and it's just this like he starts talking about his mate who had a corvette or a, a chevy or something and they were going to go and drive it and, and like they had all these plans and he starts mm. talking about them all and it and it and it, it just it's cut away and it, it and it just yeah, I think it really. Apparently, that was a story he was told by a real vet. Right. Okay. That he I, then... It felt so real. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
um yeah i think it it's and and that and then it's almost essentially like the 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 Okay, there's been all this destruction caused. I, the guy, the other, doesn't the does the does Teasel die at the end? He certainly gets severely injured, doesn't he? Because he falls through the window. Uh yeah. Rambo shoots up through the roof, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't think. No, I don't think he dies. He might get carted away in an ambulance. I think he lives. Yeah. And um, and it, and at the end of all of that carnage, you you know they just put the 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 uh, colonel just takes Rambo and he's like, I'm going to deal with him, and he takes him away. And it's mm. and you just see him being led off like almost like a child, like you know. And it's it's quite a, it's not the ending you expect from a from an action no, movie. No, it was it was it's pretty brave, I think. Yeah, it's brave. I don't want to say subtle. I want to say it was much no. more affecting than I thought mm. it was going to be. Yeah, same. Um, that's why. I, like when and I again, said, this is a much better film overall than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, D- even knowing it wasn't like the the, the preceding yeah. ones. Yeah, I mean, I the part two and th- Rambo three are probably exactly what you think they are. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and they're, they're just the catching in on in the hot shots. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's it, I feel like it's a bit of a shame because it you know obviously this led to Stallone going the action route with his career and becoming almost a bit of a joke in some respects. Well, yeah, he then he became Cobra and Tango and Cash and yeah. All Which are fine, didn't Yeah, I but haven't seen Cobra, and I haven't seen Tango and Cash for a really long time. I've yeah. met the director of Tango and Cash. Mm-hmm. He's a really nice Russian man who wants to make arty movies. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I quite like Tango and Cash. It's all right, and but it's just mm. yeah, it just I always I, I feel like uh, Stallone is probably one of the great American actors that never was allowed to be. He never quite it never quite panned yeah, out. Yeah, we said how it that. He didn't really pull that back until it got to Cockland. No. And I don't know if no. that was a success at all. I mean no, that was not critically 97. it was. Yeah. Yeah, critically it definitely yeah. was. Well, yeah. I don't know if it made any money. No. Um and so he didn't really do it again and it all became yeah. the expendables and yeah, exactly. more Rockies mm. and Rambos. Yeah. Have you seen any of the Rocky films? I have never seen a Rocky movie. I own okay. the entire box set, the one to six box set. Right. I haven't watched any of them. Uh, I got okay. the Blu-rays because they were 10 quid for the whole lot. I've only seen the first one. Okay. And, and again, that was a movie that that took me by surprise. So Yeah. It's something, something I think I've always wanted to see, but just haven't bothered putting it in the player. Mm, okay. All right. I'll have to um, think about that. I want to touch on a few things I really liked. Okay. Um, so there's the scene where he escapes from the police station. Yes. Slike of move. The yeah. only stunt double in that whole fight and escape sequence seems to be a guy who does a sliding sweep on a cop in the corridor. Yes. Everything else is Stallone doing. Although that could be Stallone because I know that in that sequence when he, he, he elbows that cop, doesn't he? Oh, he breaks his and nose breaks his for nose. real. Absolutely for real, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a scripted broken nose. Yes. Yeah. Stallone actually broke the guy's nose for real. Yeah. 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 No, like the body shape didn't quite look right. Right. Like, okay. I think it was the stunt guy doing that. Yeah. yeah. But everything else was him. Mm. It, it appeared to be anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the use of aspect ratio is really good. So it's right. really wide. It's a 235 mm. um, uh, anamorphic aspect ratio, which yeah. basically means for the uninitiated, big, thick black bars when you watch it on your telly. Yeah. But the width of the shot is used really well, particularly, I think, there's sequences with the helicopter, mm. um, with Rambo small in one corner and this dominating machine and a an lunatic shooting at him, yeah. um, dom- like taking up the other two thirds of the frame. Yeah. I, um, to, uh, props to the guy who flew the helicopter in a gorge. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the sort of thing, you're just watching it and it, and it and then you go, oh, wait. Yeah, that's probably really dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's rock walls all around him, and he's yeah. maybe twenty five feet off the ground, which yeah. is no height for a helicopter. No, it's crazy. It's some um, great flying in that film. Yeah, uh, there's a shot of Rambo sewing up his own arm, which is terrifyingly believable. Mm, yeah, um, and I've just got. I had a load of stuff I wanted to talk about um, okay. this week, including how in a whole week I ploughed through all four seasons of the incredible Money Heist on Netflix. Right which I reckon is a stupid title, um, but I recommend it to anybody. It's the most thrilling TV show I've seen in decades. Oh, it's okay. awesome. Right, but I've also watched the documentary that goes after that, and there's a sequence in that where one of the characters has to get a bullet wound sewn up, bullet wound sewn up, mm. and they got an actual surgeon in to do it, and he gave the actor a real stitch. Jesus. Yeah. 
because I remember when we um, did um, like the, the 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 shot having seen both of those shots within a week, mm. um, like they look the same. So I could perfectly believe that Stallone just stitched himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Um, yeah. There's a couple of there's a couple of great lines as well. So like uh, when they're out in the forest, um, uh, Rambo says to Teasel, uh, I think it's over the radio. In town, you're the law, but out here, it's me. Yeah, which sums it up perfectly, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then when Troutman comes in, um, his opening line before he's even seen on screen is, "God didn't make Rambo, I made him." Yeah, which again there's, sums up the character. There's there's some amazing there's some amazing interaction between him and Teasel Troutman and yeah. Teasel, and there's some great lines in that. And it's just that like, actor, um, like he joined really late, didn't he? He was supposed to be somebody else. Oh, really? I okay. can't remember the name of him. I, it's really bad of me. But he uh, joined very late to the point where, for the first few days of shooting, he had to have the script supervisor off camera feeding him every line one wow, by one. Really? Okay. Geez. Yeah, because he just hadn't he hadn't seen a script when he got there. He actually gets second billing ahead of Brian Dennehy. Mm. Uh, you got his name? No, I don't. I, I, I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. Um, well, there might be some clacking noises as I go to IMDb. Yeah, I can probably do it quick. So you gets there first. First blued. Richard Crenner. That's it. Yeah, I nearly got it. Yeah, because yeah, because when because I was like, oh, Sylvester Stallone. I was like, oh, Brian Dennehy. Oh wait, who? What? Oh yeah, Richard Crenner. Okay, and then it's like with Brian Dennehy. Who again? I yes. think he's great in this. Like he, yeah, he he's Brian got Dennehy that. He is. He's he, always good. He, he kind of became one of those eighties standards for mm. a good hand. Yeah, yeah. Like a guy who's reliable and anything. Mm. Um, yeah, he would always be like. He usually played reliable cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. and he's yeah. in. Um, he's the leader of the aliens in Cocoon, wasn't he? Is he? Yeah, Pretty I don't sure think, he is. I don't know if I've seen Cocoon all the way through. Really? I, I think I saw it when I was that. young, but I was too young to really understand it. Yeah, fair. Yeah. So, like, its first one. TV showing, either in maybe ten or eleven. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't really get it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he's great in this, and it, it like it reminds me of. Have you ever seen the film In the Heat of the Night? No, but I know of it. Okay, so it's actually a really similar premise to this. Um, okay. uh, Sidney Poitier's character yes. just coming through town and he gets terrorised by the sheriff. But it, instead of being a war veteran, he's just black. And, yeah. that, and it's and it's this this whole... And he's, you know... Imagine, um, imagine uh, the sheriff from Smoking the Bandit, but but everything about that character that is not comedic like just this vile okay, okay. like vile the the whole i imagined yeah. it, was it the whole i you sounded taller on the radio it, yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just that is it's a fantastic movie and okay and obviously still massively relevant today yeah. but it, but it, it's interesting cuz cuz Dennehy kind of is that kind of cop and he but he's obviously he doesn't we don't ever know if he has any kind of uh, racism or anything like that, but he's definitely no, but that kind of small prejudice. town prejudice. And it's, yeah. and I think it's, I, I, it, it made me wonder like, okay, if a lot of these small town American police forces were made up of men who served in Korea or, mm. or, or World War Two or whatever, there's obviously an ingrained uh, sort of way of thinking and a way of doing things i think i think for shorthand we can kind of call it racism because you are sent to kill another race of people yeah okay yeah fine yeah for lack of okay. for lack of a better phrase but like just to simplify it i guess yeah but you know so you you, you but it is a it is a it's still a prejudice, prejudice. It's still yeah. you are not you are not our kind yeah i think prejudice is a better word yes um, although that often means racism in, yes. in this instance but i think and i, and I started to wonder is like, okay so maybe if that's the case then those guys were trained to be that way because they were trained to fight the germans or the koreans or whatever right mm. but then it seems that that set up those systems and those environments that then people have come into but they haven't had the traumatic experience of a war so they end mm. up given this almost like this system where they can have that uh, freedom to be prejudiced without without yes. the 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 trauma that may or may not have caused it in the first place so it breeds a 
this kind of content. they have a they have a hatred they have a hatred with no reason to hate exactly yeah and i wondered if it like okay is that why that particularly the us and to some extent the uk is in the position it's in now like is yeah. it because of those 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 uh those institutions have been set up in the wrong way f- from way back then. It is also because, particularly the in the US, West. I think we're we're kind of we're kind of um, veering into political commentary. Yeah, a little bit. Those institutions in the US carry a lot of weight and are revered. Like, think what yeah. the US defense budget is compared to mm. the health budget. Yeah, well, I mean, for example, j- just like the fact that the what was it the New York police? F- yeah, like six billion a year. It's like what? Yeah. So you know, it, it, when you look at movies like this. And you look at, you know, there have been movies about this style of prejudice, mm. you know, in the early 80s, in the 60s. And, and it mm. just goes back and back, even like, even probably going back to things like To Kill a Mockingbird and, and stuff like that. Like, it's just always been there. And, yeah. Okay, now imagine John Rambo played by Denzel Washington. Exactly. I mean, that. Yeah, that could be a bit on the nose, but that stacks Absolutely. another layer on top. It of does, it as yeah. Well. It's, uh, that's why. That's why for that me, would probably be really fucking good too. Yeah, I. It, for me, it just kind of. It's weird, but I, the more I watch this movie, the more I set it at a higher standard in my yeah. thinking. You know, I think it raises itself up in my estimations, hmm. um, and I think it is a really good template prototype for what became the 80s action movie, which I guess would have been perfected with Die Hard, which incidentally runs over two hours. Yes, but it, it does. But, it, but it's that same kind of setup. Uh, yeah. Man against the odds. Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely watch this again. I don't know if it will be soon, but I'll watch this mm. again for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll I, I still I skip the rest of the series. Yeah. I, 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 part of me is like, should I go back and watch it? Because the, the premise of the second one is that Troutman comes and says, we've just found out that there are, I don't know if they're members of his unit or if they're people that Rambo knew still in captivity in mm. Vietnam. Right. Or Laos. And he's sent to rescue wherever, them by shooting to, Vietnamese people. And he's sent to rescue them. And that's when okay. we kind of go back to the, so I, you know, I can't remember what, whether they even bother trying to deal with the PTSD stuff in that one or what. I haven't, I couldn't say because I've only watched it once, I think. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, I'm kind of inclined to go back and maybe watch some of those. I'm not particularly interested in watching any of the new ones. Mm. I just, you know, I don't need to. I don't need to see old slime. No, no, me either. No. Um. So, this got some good alternative titles around the world. Right. Uh, Spain went with cornered. Right. Yeah, that works. Portugal got the hero's fury. That's also quite good. Uh, Finland was fighter. Sweden was warrior. French Canada, it was The Devastator. Right. Which I think was a massive transformer. <laughs> yeah. Um, Taiwan, it was First Drop of Blood. That's quite nice. That's got a very poetic ring to, to it. Yeah, this one's going to be hard for me to say. Uh, in Brazil, it was uh, Scheduled to Kill. That sounds like a Bond movie. But my absolute favourite was Colombia, where it was called Bloody Leak. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like an angry Welshman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> not prepping his suit properly. Um, there's also oh, we also love a good tagline on this show, yeah. uh, and this had some good ones as well. Um, uh, he never fought a battle he couldn't win. Mm. Um, one war against one man, and my absolute favourite, he just wanted something to eat. <laughs> I, that's just because he up. does yeah. yeah he just wanted to go and get a yeah. get a burger and yeah. then get out of town yeah um one final hilarious moment um i watched this digitally off my media server mm. which is sorted alphabetically and i didn't realize it will autoplay the next item right so as soon as this finished the pixar logo came up <laughs> on my screen and i was like what brilliant excellent <laughs> i guess that was for ratatouille right no, I don't know what it is. I'm going to have to have a look. It's not Ratatouille. I don't like that film. I didn't make really? it all the way through it. Oh, yeah. I like Ratatouille. Didn't, That's I one of my favourites. Interesting. Well, no. maybe I'll go back to it. But yeah, like, it should never, it didn't. I've got Disney Plus. I can watch it whenever I like. Yeah, I see. Um, yeah, so there we go. Um, Ratatouille makes more sense when you realise that, that uh, Reme, the rat, has synesthesia. Okay. Maybe I'll watch that with that in mind. Yeah. 
because obviously um, that sort of child needs to understand a movie. Yes. Yeah, a word they can't possibly say, and I certainly can't this week. Yeah. Um, so, due to a slight technical hitch that I'll explain in a minute, I think you should pitch your movie first. Okay, so my pitch for next week, much like Airport, and I guess kind of Rambo and stuff like that, is is it's a movie that I can't believe you haven't seen, but it's also a callback to uh, a previous episode, and one of my... F- I wouldn't say it was one of my favourite films, but it's certainly one of the favourite pitches and reviews we've done uh just based on your reaction to it um so uh i could now raise only one eyebrow which i couldn't do before so i'm <laughs> going to do it for the camera so uh oh for first like I, have a, I have a question for you yeah do you prefer terminator or t2 judgment day i prefer terminator okay interesting because terminator 2 doesn't make sense within its own internal logic fine but that's a different story for a different day excellent okay fine so i feel i feel the same way i prefer terminator and this is a franchise where i have a similar thing there's a the the sequel movie is often lauded as the better one uh but Mm. i still prefer the original and we covered the original already so i'm going to pitch you aliens i am now having a flashback (laughs) to when i watched alien yeah for this show i was 35 years old it took me two sittings and i had to have the lights on <laughs> so alien because it had been so amped up in my mind yeah. over the previous 35 years because we did it oh god we did it on uh, a show with time after time yes we did it was yeah. movies of 1979 yeah. yeah um and that's one of the lost episodes yeah i know I've that we don't have a copy of it's and it's so probably sad. my favorite we've ever done yeah i yeah, as soon as we started talking about redoing the show, I was just like, okay, he's definitely going to get aliens. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I'm, I'm not a you, massive... New stuff you've never heard I know. of. You've never seen. And you're just giving me sequel crap. What is wrong with you, Well, Tom? you know, unless you want things like Ugly Dolls and Frozen 2 and all the stuff that I've will. been watching you're, recently. I guess your cinematic sphere has changed somewhat exactly. in the last three years. It has, it has. Um, and some of it is very good, I have to say. Um I, yeah, Frozen 2? Frozen 2 is way better than Frozen. Okay. It's, I'm still not bothered by either of them. No, Fro- like, well, Frozen 1 was a, was supposed to be like, I think it even went straight to Disney Channel. It was supposed to be just, it was a throwaway. Mm. And got well, so was The Lion King. Exactly. Look what that did for Disney. That was supposed to be a straight-to-video movie. The second one, they've actually, you know, they've, they've taken the story and they've actually done something really good with it. So I thought it was okay. pretty good. Um, but... Yeah. Uh, I can't pitch you one without seeing the first one, which I'm, I can't be bothered with all that. No, um, okay. we, I think we can gloss yeah, over Frozen just for let the it, let it go. of this podcast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, Aliens, because there's a segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not a massive fan of Aliens, uh, but I think... Oh, it, so this will be good. Yeah, I, I mean, it's fine, but I thought I'd pitch it because of it's it's got a very similar feel between Terminator and Terminator 2 in that... Alien is the horror movie, as is Terminator, and mm-hmm. uh, Terminator Two is the action movie, as so is Aliens. Uh, it's mm-hmm. also Jim Jim Cameron, so yes. you kind of know what you're going to get. Um, it's it's more of a war movie, action movie. So I'm kind of intrigued to see whether you find it less terrifying and more palatable because you tend to prefer action over uh, horror. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not big on horror apart from the no. classics. So, like, yeah. I love Halloween. Yeah, and like, my 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 horror threshold is something like um, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I, again, I'm not I'm not a crazy horror horror nerd. I have to say, there are some that I really like. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of that's why I'm kind of intrigued about is is because uh, it it probably covers things that you prefer but again i'm not sure if you'll prefer it to alien or not so that's what i think it'll be fun to talk about i I seem to remember categorizing alien as a film i'm very glad i have seen Mm. now take it away from me i never need to see it again yeah yeah and that's fine i like alien because i love the style of it and i love all of that kind of like this the 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 way the way it's put together so Mm. i think aliens is just kind of going to be different and Okay. And I'll be interested to see what you think of that, whether it was the right way to take the franchise, blah, blah, blah. Because obviously Aliens is quite highly highly regarded. Everything mm. subsequent to that is not. No, very much not. Um, Although there's some good comic books, actually. There's right. some good Alien and Predator comic yeah, books. Yeah, in terms of movies. Um, I, I don't know what they're doing with the new ones and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how that, that works. Because, you know, and it all links into there's Predator. More? and Oh. And, and there's obviously... 
Prometheus and all of that kind of stuff. Um, Hello, Pete Hammond. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I it just we'll just see how we go with it. But I thought, yeah, you know, I. All right. I, well, it'll be fun to see Terra. Do I get again. a synopsis, or is it just you go watching Aliens? You should know it by now. I, I mean, come on. What more do you need than the pluralization? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting an S. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There's just more. <laughs> okay. Well, um, so I had a movie I was going to pitch to you that was free on Amazon Prime. Until this week, where it's now five pounds on Amazon Prime. So you're not getting that because I'm a cheapskate. Oh, bugger. Uh, you're getting my backup film, which I think will sit really nicely along with Aliens. Okay, all right. It's called Bill. Bill. Okay. Bill, yes. It is um, uh, the totally historically accurate, 100% true story of William Shakespeare's formative years. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's a um, bit left field. Definitely will fit with Alien. Aliens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Bill, not Bills. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sequel. Yeah. Bill Harder. Um, so. <laughs> Isn't he a comedian already? Yeah, electric Bill oh, Galoo. Bill Hader. Uh, electric. <laughs> well, well, this is Electric Bill Galoot. <laughs> okay. um, so, uh, a loot player who is too flashy and progressive for the shit band he plays with, Bill Shakespeare, right. uh, leaves his wife and kids and heads off to that London, having written, quote, a great work for the stage. Right. Luckily... The Queen happens to need one, but unluckily, the Spanish are invading. <laughs> now he has to navigate plagiarism, thievery, treachery, loan sharks, and dubious actors, and a Catholic plot. <laughs> okay, this sounds bizarre. It is so. Okay. It's not a direct lineage, but it is massively Python influenced. Okay. It's, it's funny from the get-go. There is almost... There is almost no shot without a joke. Okay. Almost, almost airplane-like. Right. Like, okay. It's not quite that. So, have you ever have you seen the Lego Batman movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Once that that is joke overload. Mm. Like there are too many jokes for that film, and this isn't quite that, but it's still. Like I said, nary a shot goes by without a visual gag or a pun in the background or a great line. Um, it's made by the Horrible Histories crew. Right, okay, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, as soon as you started pitching it, I was just like, I wonder if this is them, because it yeah. sounds very much like it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Simon Farnaby plays five people just through using different beards. <laughs> okay. There's a tremendous character of Francis Walsingham, Catholic hunter. <laughs> right. Like, he's, he's, he's the Protestant <laughs> queen's head catholic hunter yeah. always deep undercover at one point disguising himself as a dead body <laughs> amazing that same actor plays seven other parts in this film wow i i was once i was once told that walsingham he he basically he invented spy networks and 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 that very much that very much comes across so, in this film. so i might so i app might apparently though his techniques like his his mm. concepts are still exactly how it's done today really yeah so I might I I am terrible when it comes to history. My school history education, if I tell you for my GCSE history, which in the UK is the main exam you do when you're fifteen mm -hmm. or sixteen, was on cholera in my hometown of Watford in Hertfordshire. Right. That will tell you how shit my history education is. Yeah. Um, okay. So for next episode I might read up a bit more on the real people who are portrayed in this film. Okay, fair enough. Because I'm right. sure you'll get more out of it. Like you saying that now. The, I watched this last night. The character of Walsingham now makes so much more sense to me. Right, okay, yeah. So he was the spy And he master, made plenty yeah. of sense to start with, yeah. yeah. And he, yeah, he's absolutely the spy yeah. master. Yeah. Um, I, I was once just, I once heard him described as, the, he basically he worked out that he was the spider in the middle of a web. Right. And, okay. And, and that, again, that makes so much sense. And, and, and basically he worked out that if uh, a fly tinged one of his... Uh, strands of yeah. web then he could act on it and i i can't i wish i could remember the length of time because that's probably the most important part of this anecdote is that right it was to do with possibly shakespeare's brother or something like that mm. that did, said something in a pub in stratford upon avon and was arrested on walsingham's command in something like five hours wow 
and he and was in like London, 1650 or whatever yeah. it was. And he was like, in London. So that's like, incredible. Like the, the chain of communication and back mm. is it was almost unheard of. Like so, he mm. he he worked out how to make that happen in that period. So that's the kind mm. of guy he was. Mm. Yeah, this sounds this sounds um, bizarrely fascinating. I like this because it's. It's well made, it's well told, it makes sense, it's very, very funny. It came to me through uh, a very good friend of mine, Craig, who I've now known for 30 years, who just one day out of the blue went, have you seen Bill? And I'm like, no. And he gave me the D- lent me the DVD, and he and his 10-year-old daughter love this. Okay. Um, I've never heard of it. Right, okay, good. Like it's never. a small thing. Like it, it's like yeah. it's a BBC film. It's made by like it's one of those things that has like nine different production companies show up at the beginning yeah. of it, and was made for like three million quid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a flop, to be honest. Did the only box office yeah. figure I can find to the US where it made less than a million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it probably is suited more for TV. I wouldn't say it's televisual. Again, like Rambo, it's two thirty-five aspect ratio, and it looks. It looks not expensively cinematic, but wouldn't look out of place in the cinema. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's a PG. Oh God, that's hard to say. It's a PG, uh, and I think like the intended age range is kind of like twelve and thirteen year olds and their mum and dad. Um, yeah. And I think it works for that audience completely. And mm-hmm. for a, an idiot like me with no children who just chuckled along for ninety minutes at jokes about bums. Uh, and Catholics can't, who can't put on muscle mass because God hates them. <laughs> um, so that's it. I guess that's our pitches for a diverse yeah. pair of movies next week. Absolutely. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, and all because Amazon Prime decided they didn't want to make my movie free anymore. <laughs> now, that's them to breaks. Yeah, there we go. Um, Aliens versus Bill. Yeah. Title needs a rework, doesn't it? Um Yeah. Right, shall I see if uh, Mr. Halfaface can plough through the plugs? Yeah, go on, go for it. Okay, so um, we are on Twitter slash Instagram at HYS Podcast. Uh, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash haveyouseenpodcast. The website is haveyouseen.net. The email is hyspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to follow along with my um, uh, balls, balls, felsy? <laughs> Bell's Palsy Adventures, um, you can get to the playlist of the videos I've put on YouTube by going to bit.ly slash Kieran Bells. K-I-E-R-A-N-B-E-L-L-S. Forgot how to spell my own name there. Um, Tom, anything you need to plug? Oh, yeah. We should, speaking of Amazon, uh, we should probably plug the easy bit, which is my documentary about what it's like for men to go through fertility treatment. Um, and you can watch that on, uh, you can rent it on Prime Video. Um and right Vimeo. now, or Vimeo on demand. Indeed. Uh, both of those sites, yeah. All right. Uh, let's get out of here. Um, oh, God, something else I forgot to mention. We may or may not be back next week. My uh, yeah. workload next week, um, at the time, <laughs> three days before recording this, was crazy. It might have eased off a bit. I don't know. So I will probably have time to watch movies next week. I don't know if on our usual recording night, I'm going to have time to record it or any night after that for that week. So we'll leave you in suspense. You may get a show next week. It may be two weeks, but I promise we will be back with Aliens and Bill as our next episode. Um, Absolutely will. Yes. So I think that's everything. Uh, It's been lovely Mm -hmm. to see you all and um, goodbye. Bye.